Sons of Tortas. Leaving Valoria to sleep with the Moorish trumpeter, Joel sets out to accomplish two missions of his own before reporting at noon to Monsieur Levey, the Minister for War. Around his neck is the locket entrusted to him by Pierre Lestage in the Bastille for delivery to his daughter, Therese. But before attempting to redeem this promise, he hurries to the Grey House, home of his first friend, Francois Daubigny, the newly created Marchioness de Sougère. He is shown to the great reception room by Honorat, with full deference to the king's uniform which he now wears. And here he waits, pacing up and down restlessly, so much of his mind still in Saint-Germain with his aurore, that he does not hear the door open behind him, nor the soft steps of the royal governess, until she speaks. Monsieur? Oh, madame, you startled me. I did not hear you. Nor did I recognize you for the moment in those clothes. I am a soldier of the King of France, madam. So I see. And a handsome one. Honoring told me a most distinguished musketeer had called to see me. He did not recognize you in all your family. Much has happened since I saw you last, madam. You left Java unexpectedly, I remember. You were detained? My detention was uh, enforced, madam. But let me tell you... One moment. See how much I know first. You have been in the Bastille for dueling with a musketeer, right? That is so. A few days ago, you were released, through influence, I gather. And now you are the Chevalier de Locmaria. Up yesterday, married to the beautiful Mademoiselle du Tombe. You know all this. I had thought to tell you. You travel fast. The court of King Louis is no place to keep a secret. So it seems. With what an odd look you stare at me. One would think you were not anxious for my happiness. Is this happiness, monsieur? It is true that there are crosses in it. We had scarcely exchanged a dozen words after the ceremony before the king's messenger arrived and I was forced to leave. Monsieur Joel, do me a favor. Sit down a moment and tell me all. You appear to know most of it. I know what gossip says, monsieur. That is not always correct. The sympathy you inspire in me makes me curious to know everything concerning this event. An event which I so little anticipated when first I introduced Mademoiselle to court. Madame, it is not your fault we are separated. Indeed, we have much to thank you for. It was due to your kindness that my dear Aurora is now in so fortunate a position at court. So such innocent sincerity, James, Madame, I, I do not understand. Never you. mind. Go on. Tell me what happened. By whose influence were you released from the Bastille? You are fortunate, from what I heard, to have escaped with your life. Indeed, Madame, I know it. It was my lord, the Duke of Almada, who arranged for my release. Oh. The king himself signed the order, and most graciously gave his consent to my wedding with Aurora. How kind of him, monsieur. Oh, madame, how happy I was to see my Aurora again. And how proud of her. Yet, here I am on my way to the walls, doing my duty as a soldier of the king, yet 
with a heavy heart. Don't your wife love you, Monsieur? Oh, madame. Surely you are joking, certainly. Oh, there's... She does not love me more than I do her. You do not doubt her love. To doubt her love would be to offend the most virtuous heart in the world. Yes, she let you go without hesitation. She even bade me go. She is the soul of honor, madame. For the which I love her the more. Madame, you know, Aurore. Why do you question me thus? Have you any reason to doubt this Duke of Almada? He took a great deal of trouble, it seems, with your matchmaking. Why distrust a good old man like that? He has proved himself the best and the most generous of men. Then you do not suspect him of any wish to deceive you? To what end? By what means? Under the sway of what interest? Madame, I, I do not understand you at all. What doubts are you endeavoring to waken me? What fires of suspicion are you kindling in my mind? Bear with me a moment longer, monsieur. Has Mademoiselle du Tremblay ever spoken to you about the king? But of course. She has mentioned him. I mean, in any particular way. What a strange question. Of course she has not. Why do you ask such a thing? Such a clear eye, such honest features, and an innocence that is unbelievable. Victim, he may be, but not guilty of That I do not. Madam, what are you saying? What is it you are insinuating? Tell me. Speak plainly, madam, or upon my sword. I will rouse the whole of Paris, madam, if you do not tell me what you suspect. Do not be alarmed, my friend. I do not really know what could have put such silly questions in my head. I'll forget them and pardon me. I am a foolish woman to have spoken that. You frightened me, madam. I have been too long around the court, monsieur. If one listens long enough to the gossip, one's head begins to throb with it all. There are times when the blue devils dance in one's brain and speak to one's mouth. Ah, monsieur. There are so few sincere and kindly people. Indeed, madam, you must not say so. I have found many to be kind to me these last few days. And my aurora is the best of all. Promise me one thing before I leave for Freiburg. That in my absence, you will watch over my darling. Most solemnly, I promise you, Monsieur Jurel. If any peril threatens her, I will warn you. I trust you with my most precious possession. I shall take good care of her legacy. But go now, monsieur, for the hour grows late, and it is not well to have seen here by, by too many people. I will go at once. This way, monsieur. I will let you out here. It is quicker and more quiet. I have one more thing to do before I leave Paris. A disagreeable task, but one I gave my promise on. Then I will ride with all haste for Freiburg. And heaven grant I will not be long returning. God, you, monsieur. Farewell, madame. Your kindness has lightened my load more than you will ever know. Go quickly, Mister, and may good luck ride with you. May good luck ride with you. Oh, I am so disappointed. A touching little scene, Francoise. Madam, I, I did not hear you. Obviously, my dear. It is an accomplishment I have learned at Cluny. 
to walk noiselessly and shut doors silently. It will be very useful, I surmise. Oh, hide your blushes, my good Francois. I will not embarrass you by asking the name of the gentleman you were so tenderly farewell. I do assure you, madame. Do not perjure yourself. I ask no questions. Your affairs are none of mine, so long as they do not interfere with me. And I doubt you cast your eyes as high as that. But you was a musketeer, Francois. I caught a glimpse of his blue and silver jacket. Had he come from Saint-Germain? Yes, my lady. Then perhaps he had news of the wedding yesterday. Uh, no, my lady, he knew nothing of it. I questioned him, but he was... He was on duty yesterday. Oh, come, come, he must have known something. The whole of Saint-Germain is seething with gossip about it. To tell, I expect you had other things to discuss with your musketeer. Yes, my lady. For one so virtuous and demure, Francois, you surprised me. Yes, my lady. It is a pity, though. My knowledge of court gossip is larger than some suspect, but not as extensive as I would wish. One does not hear much at Flanny. No, my lady. Oh, yes, my lady. No, my lady. Have you nothing else to say? Has the musketeer stolen your wits as well as your kisses? Do you know nothing of the gossip that has set the whole court by the ear? Gossip, I would point out, my dear Francoise, occasioned by your protégé. The elegant Mademoiselle du Tremblay. I have heard the gossip, naturally, my lady, though not much of it, but I do not believe it. You have a nice nature, but stupid. I am sure, my lady, on my honor, these rumors are groundless. Mademoiselle du Tremblay is but a child, straight from the country. She is innocent itself. Rubbish, Francoise. A scheming hussy and one I must be rid of if I am to speak in peace. You are wrong, madame, I know it. She was married yesterday to one she truly loved. You have nothing to fear from her. Fear? I fear nobody. Nobody, you understand me. I have more power in one finger than Mademoiselle Aurore has ever dreamed of. I am the most powerful woman in all France. And she but a weak and foolish girl. Who is thoughtlessly putting her foot in a quicksand from which I tell you she will never withdraw it. Fear her. <laughs> Francoise, you miss me. Madame. What are you going to do? Never fear, my gentle Francoise. Your little favorite, though she has caused gossip strong enough to penetrate the convent walls at Flanny, has not yet put her foot into the quicksand. You are so sure of her integrity that you have nothing to fear. For believe me, I shall not bother her until she really begins to bother me. Are you then going back to Clanny today? So anxious, you've got me from far. Why? No, I will stay with my dear children a little longer. I see them seldom enough. And the mother's heart not unnaturally pines for them. It was for this purpose, my friend, that I came from Clanny. Besides... I have business to do in Paris. Shall I call the carriage? Do you wish me to accompany you? No, Francoise. I need neither you nor the carriage. This is private business. Business between me and... Well, that depends who is brave enough to stand in my way. Mm -hmm.